Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Today, we're going to continue with our message that we did two weeks ago. We started on that message. Now, we're on a series, for those who this is the first time here, we started on a series that's called, basically is, is about fear. Fear sabotages God's success for you. Fear sabotages God's success for you. Now, we, we're on our fifth message on that, but two weeks ago what I did was I started on, on just the ending of that message, and I didn't end. We have today and then probably one more message, and we're in. And what, what I introduced last time was how do you overcome fear? How do you overcome fear? Now, what I want to do is uh, to put a little bit more on to that because some people think that you don't have any fear, which is okay if you you don't have any fear. Uh, But I think that more people than not have been exposed to having some feeling of fear, even some of the, maybe like a cousin or a close cousin to fear, would be anxiety. And I know that you say, well, I, don't, I never had anxiety either. I don't, don't have anxiety. Never had anxiety attacks or anything like that. Well, close kin to that is worrying, Philippians 4. And you say, well, I've never worried about anything. Well, I don't believe you. <laughs> because I believe we all have been worried about something at one time or another. And so all of that is dealing with what I've been talking about when I started last week is how do you avoid that? How do you really avoid worrying, anxiety, and fear? Because it's going to come. And we talked about that in four lessons. And so let's review just that first one and go. I went through seven out of ten. And I'm going to get to two more today, which I'll cover eight and nine. And then... Next week, we have a guest speaker, which is, oh, it's exciting. We have Clem Ferris, the prophetic overseer of Cornerstone. He's going to be here. He hasn't been here in two years. Uh, he called me. He said, man, I want to come. I, you know, I'm coming. I said, okay, Clem, you got me okay. And so he's, he'll be here next week, and he says he has a, an, an exciting message for us. I said, okay, that's good. So he'll be here. Then after that, we're going to end up our 10th, how do you, Overcome fear, anxiety, where we're going we're gonna to do our 10th message, and we're going to close it up on that. And it's going to be exciting. So let's review what we talked about last time. Now, I gave you seven things. In your bulletin, you should have a maybe blue or some type of card. Uh, hold it up for me, uh, this blue card. Will you? Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's a blue card, okay? Now, it has 10 things on it. I'm not going to get to that 10th one today. So we're not going to go over the whole 10, but what I want you to do is to have that because I don't want you to have to try to remember 10 things because I've given you so many things. And of course, every message you hear, I don't care whether it's on video, whether it's on uh, YouTube, whoever you hear a message from, your iPod, they're going to give you some things. And it's impossible for you to remember all these things, all these methods, all these keys, all these number one, number two, number three. Uh, it's impossible to remember that. But something is going to stand out 
to you. Something God is dealing with you on, something going impress, to impress you. And when I used to uh, uh, hear a message and, and still do, now, if I don't ha- already have the notes, most time right now, I already have the notes. Because when someone speaks, that's one of the things that they, uh, I ask them to do is uh, send me the notes beforehand. Let's look over and see what, uh, what I need to do, some adjustments or whatever, uh, because I'm training people to, to um, pastor and, and bring notes as a teacher and all those type of things. So I have the notes most of the time. But when we have a guest speak, I don't have the notes, but I take notes. I always take notes because I, I'm, I'm always looking for what can help me go further. And then if, if I've heard that message before, then what's going to add to what I already have is just, oh, man, this is, this, mm, this, this is going to add to that. Or it might be something that I'm working with somebody else on or will work with somebody else on. And see, most of people don't think about that, is that God is going to put you into people's lives and they don't know all that you know. They haven't heard a zillion messages but do you have access to that what has been taught to you somewhere? I have access to most of the things that have been taught to me, so therefore, because uh, I'm ready to impart, because I'm ready to disciple. That, that's just how I was. I was that way uh, 28 years ago. Uh, so, I mean, that's just I came into Christianity. already had a group in my house unsaved. I had a group in my house because I was interested in helping people. So I don't know what you are doing, but I, I'm saying, saying that you, you have to try to put these memories, your notes in, in your mind. Here's one way to do this thing. Everything you have on that paper is in four scriptures. Four scriptures. Let's start off with the first one. Okay? Romans. I have it right there on your notes probably. Uh, you, have, you have three scriptures on your notes, but I'm just going to Romans 11, 33. You have also on yours, Isaiah, uh, you have Isaiah 41.10. You probably have Isaiah 40.26 on yours. I just put that up there because on those scriptures, those scriptures are telling what I already told you in the second message, which was that God gave Israel a command. He told them to fear not. He told them to be not dismayed. He told them there are five reasons not to do that. And those I want you to keep in your mind because that has something to do with the greatness of God, which is number one. The greatness of God. When he said in, in Isaiah uh, 40, 26, he said that, uh, look at the stars. You know, I can, oh, I can call by name. Then that's the greatness of your God. But in, in Romans eleven thirty three, here he's talking about how great he is. Oh, the, the, the greatness, the awesomeness, how amazed I am, I said two weeks ago, at the the, 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 just the, the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God, you know, it, you know, it's past finding out. That is very important. That, if you don't have that in your repertoire, you will not be able to avoid fear. You will not be able to avoid worry. You will not be able to uh, avoid anxiety because your God is a little God. Jehovah God Elohim, God is a big God. He is. There's nothing he can't do. And so when we look at things 
That way we say, oh, my little problem, my little situation is, this is nothing. Here's another situation uh, to, to, to give you that point. Back about 20 years ago, something like that, about 20 years ago, I wanted to be a teacher of the word, but I didn't think I would ever have the ability to do that. I didn't think I have ever had the opportunity to do that. And so I was telling God, God, I have this in me, and the leaders at Cornerstone is not going to allow you to allow me to do that because they're not going to listen to you. They don't think I can do this, and so therefore uh, your hand's going to be tired because they're not going to listen. That's how I was thinking. Now, how big is God in my sight at that time? Little, little. Because there's no way any man, any woman can keep God from bringing about his purpose for anybody. Your life, anybody's life, no one can keep that from happening. I want you to, I want you to understand that and know that because what it, start, what it will start doing is putting me in a frame of attitude, a frame of mind that I'm thinking that they go, they, they're, they're keeping back what God has. And so, therefore, I start speaking things, like to my wife, not, not to anybody else, because I, had, I did have that down <laughs> uh, in, in, in me from somewhere else. I had that down. But do you realize that that didn't make any sense if I were read the Bible? Somebody as ungodly as Cyrus, King Cyrus, can he keep back God's purpose? Can God cause Cyrus to be a vessel in his hands to bring Israel back to the promised land? Can he cause somebody as powerful as the Pharaoh at that time to let his people go? Even though he didn't want to let them go? Sure. So see, my thinking was so small because I didn't know the word of God. And, and since that time, of course, I just try to help people know that God is great. God is great. There's nothing that he can't do. Another uh, uh, case right now is happening, and you might have already heard, that the Roberts, uh, the Roberts family, Chad, Jennifer, uh, they, they're, they're leaving. Uh, they are going to Tennessee. Moving. He's, a, he, he's taking a job in Tennessee, so they won't be here. And... Uh, I knew there was a possibility, and I found out that uh, this weekend, the last weekend, that um, around Sunday night, that he had taken the job. And so they are leaving sometime between the first week of December and uh, Jennifer says she doesn't know. <laughs> it, could be, it could be Chad's leaving first, going and start working, and they sell the house, whatever. It could be whatever. Uh, but Anyway, it's target date around, around the first week of December uh, from what he, Chad was told. It could be that soon. Uh, so I didn't want you to see it on Facebook. And so, uh, <laughs> but this, this is the first opportunity I've had to tell you because uh, I didn't know. Uh, uh, Chad and, and, and I talked to the worship team about it on Tuesday night. Uh, so that, 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 that was the first uh, time 
publicly, or we said it to, to a group. And I couldn't tell you until today. So we wanted to let you know that. And what, what I told the worship team, the same thing I'm telling you, is that how big is your God? You know, when they ask, well, what are we going to do for worship? Because, oh, Chad is the worship leader. What are we going to do for, for sound? Because Chad is over the sound. What are we going to do for children's ministry? Because Chad is over children's ministry. Chad and Jennifer. What are we going to do? <laughs> uh, well, has God left the throne? Is he still alive? Okay. Okay, then we're okay, aren't we? Now, what I told the worship team, what I tell you, let's celebrate what God is doing in their life. Because why be selfish and say, oh, no, 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 no. You can't go and everybody, you know, try to make them feel real bad, you know. Uh, no, we're not going to do that. Because they've sought God. They have decided for their family this is best for them. And who, who are we to say is not God? So they have to seek God for them, their, their family. You have to seek God for your family, your life. And so you want somebody to celebrate what God is doing in your life. Because after all, they did leave Florida to come here. And so somebody probably didn't want them to go. <laughs> you know? uh, but God brought them here. And are we thankful? Absolutely. We are thankful, see, that God brought them here. And so now they're being moved again. So I said, okay, all right, praise God. So I was talking to Jennifer this morning. I said, well, uh, and she was, she was about ready to cry. You know, you know how women are. And so, <laughs> and, <laughs> and some men, <laughs> some of us, like me, <laughs> and Chad, <laughs> is, is, you know, um, and, and I said, no, no, don't, 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 don't you dare me. We're going to celebrate this thing because you have to step out on faith. Uh, of what you, I said, of what y'all doing greater than what God did with Abraham? Because he, he told Abraham to come out and go to a place where he didn't know, right? And he had to sojourn all around. And, and phew, no, it's not that big. Is it, is it as big as Isaac offering Isaac on the altar? Is it as big as that? With Abraham? No. Well, then, you can do this thing. So don't you be concerned because that's what, that's what most women are like. They, they, she, she doesn't want to leave you in Lynchburg at Cornerstone. She doesn't want to leave. She's been here for a long time. I said, well, that's okay. You didn't want to leave Florida either. I said, you were in Florida longer than you were in Lynchburg. You weren't in Florida. You didn't come to us as 10-year-old. No. Okay, then you're going to be in Nashville, Tennessee uh, longer than you've been here. Oh, that is right, yeah. I said, we're going to celebrate this thing. Don't you dare even think about anything except for praise God. We, God has on, on us an adventure, and we got the body of Christ that's been with us this whole time to support us, to encourage us, and to send us out in good, in, in, in good stead. Can we do that? Amen. Yeah, we're going to do that. Okay. And, and then the question is, you said, well, what, what about worship? Oh, we, we got, we got uh, some, somebody that, that's already going to step forward. His uh, name Cor- Cor- Corbin. Corbin? Yeah, stand up, Corbin. So Corbin. I'm going to see Corbin. 
This is Corbin. Okay. Right. <laughs> Thank you, Corbin. Now he, he's a junior worship major at, at, at Liberty, and he's he's going to step forward voluntarily ter- to to help us out to bring bring more youth to our team. Um, but he doesn't have to take a whole load of anything because uh, he's going to be gone a lot of the time because Liberty is out a lot, you know, uh, because we already have. Uh, two worship leaders already. We have Jack. He leads worship on, on, on the first Sunday. Jack leads worship. He chooses a song and then Jack does that. On the, is it the fourth Sunday? Fourth Sunday, Don and Laura, Laura uh, lead worship. And so we, we have two uh, very, very good worship leaders already. So he, he doesn't have to do anything, you know, to take no big load. Uh, he's just going to come in and step in and, and help direct a little things and bring some youth to it. And we have some younger people on the team now. Uh, so we're taking, we're taking things to the level that, that Chad wanted to go anyway because Chad's going to step out of worship anyway because children and, and worship was too much for him. Okay? So what are we going to do for children ministry? We got people that's going to step up. Right? And, and wherever, wherever we have a need, we have a body of Christ that loves God so much that they're going to step forward. What can I do to serve? Is that the way we are? Sure. Sure. So, how big is our God? You see? And so, so this is real life stuff I'm talking about. It's not there's no hypothetical thing. This is real life stuff that we're going to be going through. You're going to be going through all your life. You're going to be going through something. I don't care whether the government shuts down and they say, well, well, we can't get our checks. We can't do this and this. You know, it doesn't matter. Our God is a big God. He can take care of anything. That's number one, the greatness of our God. Okay. On your your thing, all you have to do is drop down about two verses, Romans 12. One is number two. Romans 12, one is number two. And so you can easily remember because that is a scripture memorization verse, one and two. And in that one, we, uh, all it says, I beseech you uh, by the mercy of God to present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God, which is a reasonable service of worship. That's what it says. So the second one is present your body. Present your body to God. If, if you're going to overcome anxiety and fear, you're going to have to present your body to God. Number three, the next verse, Romans 12, 2, renew your mind. That's what I had to do, renew my mind. If I didn't renew my mind, I'll still be thinking that silly stuff I was thinking way back 20-some years ago and thinking that God was not a big God, can't handle, you know, situations. God can handle anything. So therefore, because I renewed my mind to the word of God, and I saw all through the scripture where God does what he wants to, with whom he wants to do it, when he wants to do it, and how much he wants to do it. He can bring down one, lift up another, can he? He can do whatever he wants to do. That's all. That's number three. Number four is found in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 4 and 5. 
And in those two verses, you'll find numbers four, five, six, and seven. So we, I tried to make it very simple, but even though I still put it on paper for you, but if you just memorize those scriptures, they're good scripture memorizations. Oh, my goodness gracious. They are. Though I walk in the flesh, I do not walk according to the flesh. That's verse 3. Then uh, it said, pulling down strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that is all itself against the knowledge of God. So number 4 is going to tell you, oh, I have weapons. What are your weapons? What are your weapons? We went over that two weeks ago. You have, you have the word of God as a weapon. You have prayer as a weapon, don't you? Yeah. Giving is a weapon. Praise is a weapon. Come on. These are weapons. Why do you think the group uh, comes over on once a month on Fridays, the third Friday of every month, and prays for two, three, four hours? They know that praise steals the avenger. So, praise is a weapon. Prayer is a weapon. Giving is a weapon. What uh, Elder John said, it's a weapon. And see, sometimes we think those things are not weapons. They are weapons. Because <laughs> he says so in his word, you see. Then, number uh, five, I said that pulling down strongholds, casting down imaginations. So, number five on your paper will be pull down, cast down. You're going to have to pull down some things. You're going to have to cast down some things. Very important. Okay? Very important. These are, this is just a review of what we talked about. And you use the word of God to do those things, to pull things down. Every time a thought comes to your mind, which is number six, and bring into captivity every thought. Bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of the word of God. Or the scripture says obedience of Christ, because Christ is the word. And so when, 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 when the enemy comes with, oh, uh, things are going to be bad now. You know, you are not going to make it. You young people, forget it. Because social security is going to end. You're not going to, we have, we, we older people are going to use it up. <laughs> Come on. Have you heard that, 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 that young people are not going to handle social security? Yeah. And, and, and the, the job place are getting so they want to, they want to hire people and work them just enough so they don't, ha- they don't have to give you full benefits. <laughs> so they, 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 they want you to say, uh, they want to work you part-time. That's what they want to work you, part-time. 30 hours, part-time. You say. Get two people working, 20 hours each. Pay neither one of them uh, benefits. So what you going to do? My God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Because I give to uh, ministries, I give to apostolic ministries, I give because that's why it's there. Because Paul was saying that because the church was given to him 
And we give. When you give to Cornerstone, we give. So you can say, my God shall supply all my need. Well, what about Social Security? What you going to do? You young people sitting there, what you going to do? After, after you get too old to work, what you going to do? You're going to work some more, aren't you? Huh? Because you don't have Social Security. Who cares, right? My God, come on, shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, right? My God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. My God owns all the silver, all the gold, right? Come on. These are weapons, the word of God are weapons that you use when the enemy comes at you. That's what you do. Oh, I like that. And number seven, I got from that is bring your emotions captive also. Because sometimes your emotions take you a little out there. And God doesn't want our emotions to do that. He wants you to have your emotions under the control of the Holy Spirit. I want, to, I want to feel what God feels. I want to respond the way God responds. I want to weep with those who weep. I want to be joyful with those who are celebrating. I want to put things in proper perspective. That's what I want to do. I want to bring my emotions under control. Those are the seven that we talked about, so that's a review. Now we're going to number eight. Now we're going to another scripture. And that's in Ephesians. The rest of them are in Ephesians 8, 9, and 10. They're in Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 18. Okay, let's go there. How do you overcome fear? How do you overcome anxiety? Some of these same, same things can, can uh, help you overcome a lot of different things. Suppose you don't have a good relationship with, with a sibling. How can you overcome that? When your sibling won't speak to you, or whatever the situation will be, you, you use some of these same principles. Some of them you won't, won't, uh, won't work, but, some, but most of them will. Because you have to change your confession uh, with, with some of those things. But it's in the word of God. Because God wants you to have a good relationship with your, your siblings. And he will do it. Prayer is important. And so that's what happens when my brothers and sisters, all my brothers and sisters, I have brothers and sisters. I don't have a whole brother. I don't have a whole, whole sister. But it really doesn't matter. Because what's a whole anyway? <laughs> what's a half anyway? <laughs> my sister would say, I'm not half. I'm a whole person. Well, <laughs> meaning that I was illegitimate, which uh, most of you know, I was illegitimate, and my father wouldn't marry my mother, even though he got her pregnant. And so I was born out of wedlock. Uh, my mother's husband had died, and so she had three children by her, her husband that deceased. Then my father came along, and then uh, they had me, and he didn't marry her for whatever reason. And so... Here I am. And I, I could have some bad feelings towards my father. Um, I did, matter of fact. Uh, but he was unsaved, so what could he do? What could he do? 
and I wasn't around my mother that much because uh, she worked, and so she let me stay with my aunt, her sister, her, my aunt, and it was a situation where she, my aunt brought me up. Uh, so it was like I, I was, I could have gotten this impression, nobody wants me, you know. But I'm so glad that my Heavenly Father wanted me. You see? And, 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 and so what is my father image? I don't care what my earthly father was like. My earthly father, if he, was, if he were just as near perfect as a human being can be, he can't match God. You see? If he's the worst person on earth, it still doesn't matter because God is my father. We change when we got born again. We change. And so you had to start looking at this thing correctly. Anyway, so when, when my sister died, my, my middle sister died, um, uh, we, I went to a memorial funeral. And um, uh, my brother, I hadn't seen him in a long time. Don't, don't, we don't talk and don't, don't do nothing. I mean, we just don't talk. It's like we don't know each other. My brother, my sisters. And God says, look, why don't you get this thing right? And, and some of you remember Alex Weeks. He drove me down because I don't like to drive. And uh, I said, look, let's stop all this stuff and let's get together. And my brother's ex-wife said, yeah, let's do that. And, <laughs> and, and so, poof, we start getting together uh, during 4th of July, and it's been going on. And I mean, we have a great relationship. Only because somebody made an effort to say, hey, let's stop all this stuff and let's go on, on with God. See, God wants a good relationship. And so somebody has to step forward. Somebody has to step forward. How big is your God? Can he do it in your relationships? He can do it. Okay, I finally found it. Ephesians. <laughs> chapter 10. I mean, chapter 6, verse 10. Finally. Now, that finally, that finally means... It doesn't mean finally, finally. It means that, okay, for the rest. For the rest of the stuff. See, he had already, he, he had already been talking. If you go back to uh, chapter 4, he had already been talking about the internal things. You know, lasciviousness and all this fornication and all this stuff and all this stuff that's going on inside. He, he dealt with all that. Then he, he dealt with uh, husband and wife relationships. The husband need to love their wives just like Christ. So he went all through all that stuff. And then he came, he talked about the children. The children ought to uh, obey your parents and the Lord. This is right, you know, this is the first commandment. All that stuff he went through. Then he said, now, for the rest, for the rest, mean finally. What do you mean now, for the rest? Be strong in the Lord. He didn't say be strong in your own strength. He didn't say be strong in your uh, education. He said, be strong in the Lord. He's wrapping this thing up. This is Church of Ephesus. He's wrapping this thing up. You remember, he's the one that, that uh, Paul's the one that said, hey, I'm, I'm not going to see your face anymore. And they, 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 they were on their knees, man. They were, they were, they were crying and everything they, they, because they wouldn't see Paul anymore. He, so he loved the church. The church loved him. And he says that I'm going to leave you so that you have something right here. Let me give you what God has. I want you to be strong. 
in the Lord. There's no better advice can anybody give you than be strong in the Lord. None. Have that inherent ability. That be strong also is a, a present imperative, which means there's a continuous, repeated action. You don't be strong by going to the weight room one time. In the natural, that doesn't make sense, does it? <laughs> you don't get well fed and say, man, I ate a meal when I was three. Let this... <laughs> I haven't eaten since. <laughs> oh, no wonder you died. <laughs> be strong, keep being strong, keep being strong, continue to be strong, continue to be strong every single day, be strong. So that means that you've got to find some way to strengthen yourself in the Lord. And the strength of his might. The power, the King James might say, of his might. So that's how you're going to be strong. You got to be strong in him. Our life is here with Christ in God. So we got to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his strength. How am I going to do that? Can I eat the word? Like he told one of the prophets, eat it. Eat the stroll. What, what can I do? Be strong in the Lord. Put on, come on, that's what he's telling. Put on that you already have number eight. What's number eight? Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Tamara, what's number eight? Be strong in the Lord. What's number eight? Strong in the Lord, right? Be strong in the Lord. That's number eight. How do I be strong now? We're still on the mate. By putting on the whole armor of God. I, have you seen some of the athletes? They, they, uh, football players, they put on the helmet, they put on shoulder pads. They don't even have any knee pads now, some of these dudes. They don't have any knee pads. You see someone that got cut off uh, uh, things when I was playing football. Man, I would never have no cut off. Uh, uh, that, uh, give me knee pads, give me some shin pads, give me some elbow pads, give me some every kind of pad, man. <laughs> give me some pads. <laughs> because, you know, any, anything unpadded, you might get hurt. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Jesse, how about, how about your, your wrestlers? Do they wear something on their ears or something? Yeah, because if you don't wear something on your ears and, and somebody gets you up there and rubbing your face on that mat, man, you have, boy, you, you, you. The whole armor of God. The whole armor of God. I've never seen a wrestler yet. Uh, just have you with, with uh, baggy pants on, the pad, pants sagging down, you know. They walk around cool, pop, you know, on the wrestling team. Come on, out there on the mat. My goodness, great. He'll be naked for long. <laughs> All right? I'm serious. Snatch the old pants off of right quick. <laughs> you got to wear, the, wear the, the wrestler's pants. Tight pants so that nobody can grab you. All right? Yeah. Okay? Or the whole armor of God so that, so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes or the stratagems or the wiles of the devil. So we have to have this armor on. We have to have this armor on. For, we, for our struggle is not 
against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. That's what he's saying. We got to have the whole armor. We have a spiritual enemy. We have demons. We have the devil. We have stuff going on that, that we don't see. God's armor is not re- regular armor that you're going to put on some helmets. You're not going to put on all this stuff that the, the Roman soldiers that he's giving you an example of because he was in, 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 he's in prison at this time now, you remember. He's in prison. Uh, they say uh, there... And he, he was maybe paying rent his own quarters there by the praetorium. He, he was there. He saw these soldiers. So he's using that as an example because soldiers, they had on this armor. So he's using that because they had a natural thing. But we have a spiritual thing. We got to have God's armor. Then it starts telling us, telling us what these are. Therefore, therefore, why is therefore there? Huh? Why is therefore there? Since we are fighting... The, the, the spiritual warfare here, then, therefore, you're going to have to have on the full arm of God, he's saying before. He told you you got to have it on, all of it. He told you why you had to have it on. Then he told you, therefore, since you know now you got to have it on, now take up the full armor of God so that you would be able to resist. Oh, Resist. Resist. What that word resist mean? Stand firm against. Like taking antihistamine. Histamine, is that what you call it, Laura? Is that, a, that something that stands against something, doesn't it? What does it stand against? Something. Whatever attacking you. Okay, something. Okay. Okay, something. It's, it's a, something. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. See, y'all laughing just because I took speech when I was, when I was three and four years old. <laughs> Nobody could understand me until I got 10. <laughs> Y'all understand what I'm talking about. Don't be acting like you don't understand what I'm talking about. You know what antihistamine is. Okay, now, it says stand firm. After you've done everything. What do you mean everything? Putting on a whole armor. After you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm. I mean, put your stance there and stand firm. Don't you move. That's what I'm saying. Stand firm, therefore, having your lawns girded about with truth. What's truth? The word of God. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Are you going to do works to do righteousness? No. Your righteousness is imputed to us by Jesus Christ. He's already paid the price for our righteousness. You have to understand that because the enemy is going to get to you if you, don't, if you think, oh, you know, you didn't, you, know, you didn't do this right here. You, should, you, you got a number of things you're supposed to do. No, you don't have to do anything for the righteousness. You've already done it by giving your life to Jesus Christ because he did it. Having saw your feet with the preparation of gospel of peace. Oh, yes, indeed. In addition to all, take up the shield of faith which you may extinguish all the flames of the enemy. That would be number 10, which I'll go over in two weeks. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith now, extinguish all the fire darts of the evil one. Number 17, and take the helmet of salvation 
and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Number nine. Pray with all prayer. Pray with all prayer and petition. That's just supplications. That's, that's, that's when it's specific times of prayer. Pray at all times and in the Spirit. Now, when he says pray at all times in the Spirit, with, a view, with this view, be on the alert with all perseverance, all petition for all saints. Now, what he's saying here is that you have to pray in the sphere, the realm of the Holy Spirit. That's what you have to do. You can, some people use the verse as praying in tongues because it's a prayer in the Spirit. It's meaning prayer, pray in the, in the sphere, in, in the sphere of the Holy Spirit. That's what that means. All prayer. Now, it does mean all prayer. All prayer. And so we're not teaching on prayer today, but uh, there you have the prayer of faith. You have the prayer of importunity. You do have praying in the Spirit, which means praying in tongues. You have praying, supplications, petitions, like I said, giving up thanks for all men, all coming to the knowledge of the truth, that all men be saved. All these are prayer things that we're supposed to be praying. He said, pray with all prayer. Don't leave no kind of prayer out. None. Everything in that Bible, we need to be praying that way. That's what it means. All prayer. So I pray with all prayer. That's number nine. Praying with all prayer. You are not going to, I am not going to be able to avoid coming into fear, coming into anxiety, and worry and all that kind of stuff if I don't pray. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Because God is the God, you remember I said, and in, 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 I think that was message number three, I said that God wants to be honored. He wants to be, uh, he, he wants you to come to him for everything because he, he, he fulfills all your needs. And when you don't, then he steps back and lets you do it. You don't want God stepping back and letting you do it. Right? You don't want to do that. I don't want him stepping back and let, let me do something. I can do nothing. That's what the scripture said. The scripture says we can do nothing apart from him. That's what the scripture says. So then, what, what are we going to do in ourselves against an enemy we don't even see? Nothing. You can do nothing. So we got to pray. God, help me because I'm feeling kind of this way. And, and didn't Moses do that? At the, at, at, at the Red Sea? That's what he did. He told the congregation, all the children of Israel, hey, Pharaoh is coming from there. He's going to kill you if he, if he, if he catch, catches you. The Red Sea here, it says peak. We can't get over it. But stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. That's what he said. Then the next thing we hear is God saying, get up, Moses, get up. Now, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder what happened between the, the pep talk that we do in the, in the, in the, in the dressing room. You know, how, you know how coaches do that stuff. Don't we, Jesse? Come on, don't we? Well, I mean, we fire them up, you know. We fire them up. You know, here, here, here's a team that, that, that man, they, they never lost a game. 
but we're going to fire them up. You can win, but they, they, they are ripe for us. You give them that pep talk, boy, and they go out, yeah, don't they? Come on, they, they, do, they do that, right? Moses give them that pep talk. Then here's Coach Willie in the dressing room. Oh, God, help me. <laughs> and that's what he, he said, get up, get up, and hold your staff forward. Hold your staff up. And when he held his staff up, of course, the Red Sea splits up. Say, isn't God good, huh? Yeah. Now, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And I put it on your paper, so uh, I'm not going to insult your intelligence by asking you to repeat it, because all you had to do is read it. Right? Okay? Number 10, we got the next, I'm going to go over. And the whole message is going to be dedicated to the shield of faith. Because it says the shield of faith will quench all the fiery dots of the evil one. That tells me that anything that devil can shoot, the shield of faith will extinguish it. It will quench it. Everyone. I don't care if he, if he plays that, that uh, tune, shooting an arrow, nobody loves you. Come on. You'll never get married. You'll never be prosperous. You'll never be anything. Right? You're not going to make it cornerstone. You're not going to make it Lynchburg. You're not. Whatever that, 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 that arrow is, he shoots. I don't care. Your job is not going to. Whatever he shoots, your children are going to not. None of them coming back to the Lord. None of them. They're going to be lost forever. Forget it. You blew it when you were younger. You sowed bad seeds. I don't care what arrow he shoots. We're going to come back with that shield of faith. And we're going to shoot, quench it. Ha ha! You know, you ain't getting to me, devil, with that mess, that arrow. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna just go for it, okay? But next week, I want you to come ready and invite your friends for Clem Ferris because every time Clem comes, he's a teaching prophet. Every time he comes, he brings something, and we say, "Whoa, my goodness gracious, boy, where'd you get that from? Boy, that was cool, man. I, that, that was good, Clem. That was good." He loves the Word of God, and, and that's, that's all he does. He brings the word of God in a prophetic way, okay? Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.